Today is August 20th, 2016. It's Saturday, so our Saturday Smaller Press comic today is Artificial Flowers by Rachel Smith, published by Avery Hill. Um, this is the Paulist, a daily comics analysis podcast. And I'm Paul, and every day I discuss a comic book, and I try to integrate analysis from a variety of perspectives. And I really invite you to dialogue with me. You can find me on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I, um, Tumblr, and Instagram, and uh, at Gmail. Um, email. Uh, you can find and review and share the Paul List on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Um, on Saturdays, we talk about a small press comic, and um, the, the work that we're talking about today, Artificial Flowers, is um, a playful meditation on art, self-expression, and uh, family. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's been really fun to do this podcast. Um, I realized that one of the holes that it fills in my life, although I have a lot of things that I should be doing, um, among them writing about comics for multiversitycomics.com or um, editing articles about comics for Comics Alternative blog. Um, although I should be writing more, it's difficult because at this stage in my life, it's um, a lot of time dedicated to my academic writing. Um, and one thing that's missing as an element of my life that you know has been a constant in the past is the, the area of teaching. I'm a high school English teacher um, by by trade and by heart and by nature. And I, I don't have that right now in my life. I don't have a classroom. And I don't really think of this as a classroom in the traditional sense, just in the same way that I tried not to think of my own classroom as a classroom in the traditional sense. Um, I enjoyed engaging my, my students in dialogue uh, as they learned and grew and offered perspectives. And I, I hope that this is also a dialogue. Um, I don't like this to be a lecture, but uh, hey, here I am, um, lonely at the microphone, um, expressing myself and um, trying to not make this be a lecture, trying to make it be a conversation. And so what I try to do is to bring in some um, other texts and other works to, to dialogue with me as I interact with the comic. Um, and I, I'm sort of doing that today, but but not a specific text um, as I read Artificial Flowers, but kind of more the idea of dialogue and the idea of, of multiple texts, because um, the, the work Artificial Flowers is um, something that I read on the Sequential app, um, and I you know sought it out because Rachel Smith had uh, published a, um, a comic with Avery Hill called The Rabbit uh, a year prior. Artificial Flowers came out earlier this year, and um, I wasn't familiar with Rachel Smith and her work, um, sort of come to know since that she's, you know, done a little bit of stuff in some Doctor Who comics. She's, um, she's from the United Kingdom. She, um, she did The Rabbit, which I enjoyed, uh, which is why I picked up Artificial Flowers when it, uh, when it appeared on the sequential app. And I've, you know, liked a lot of Avery Hill's uh, comics publications. Um, and being here, uh, you know, across the pond stateside over here, I, um, I, I've often found that the um, small press and indie comics that I read from England, uh, it, I don't know, somehow they, they wind up speaking in a certain range that I, you know, I, I don't know, I really like. So um, in Artificial Flowers, uh, Smith takes some characters that she had actually introduced in previous um, smaller comics, mini comics, one called I Am Fire and another one called House Party. Um, both of which I think you can find if you search Rachel Smith, that's R-A-C-H-A-E-L Smith, online, and uh, I think you can get it from her Etsy site. Um, I haven't actually read the two previous works, but I Am Fire um, is about some sort of a dark comedic work about some um, troubled teenagers, and um, 
and House Party, uh, uh, also a sort of dark comedy about um, some older, tw- maybe 20-somethings. And so in Artificial Flowers, one of the uh, characters from House Party and one of the characters from I Am Fire um, come together, turn out to be siblings. Uh, I think that was a, a later <laughs> um, decision, <laughs> a later ex- ex- extrapolation by, by Smith. Um, some of this conversation, by the way, is based on an interview on pipedreamcomics.co.uk, an interview with Rachel Smith that you can find there. Um, you can also find um, an online a webcomic that is in progress um, called Best Comic, which you can find at bestcomic, B-E-S-S-C-O-M-I-C.tumblr.com, that Smith has been working on. She's got uh, 20-odd pages in there, and I think interrupted it, um, took a break from it, to do Artificial Flowers. Um, Artificial Flowers is about 88 pages. As I said, you can get it on the Sequential app, and if you are an iPad owner, reader, user, um, and you don't have the Sequential app and you're a comics fan, I recommend it because um, I'm, you know, as I've said on this podcast, a um, huge junkie and an um, inveterate, incurable collector. So I have, uh, you know, surrounding me uh, the piles and piles and piles of single issues, graphic novels, trade paperbacks, you know, <laughs> absolute editions, hardcovers, and, um, and uh, you know, mini comics and, and all manner of comics around me. But um, sequential, and also I'm you know one of these Comicsology users and pick up every hum- humble bundle of comics that I can. But um, also sequential has been a conduit for the kind of comics that are you know harder to locate in other places um, with the, the variety of publishers that they carry there, um, including among them Avery Hill. And so you know my main way of getting Avery Hill comics is sequential. Um, so I, I picked it up on the sequential app, as I mentioned. Um, the main character is uh, Shoban, who is um, sort of a, a young uh, artist um, who has moved out of her parents' home, uh, formally, technically, <laughs> and is um, living in, in, in East London and trying to break into the East London art scene. Um, and yet she's still sort of living off of an allowance from her parents and um, trying to find her way, get her way into, you know, a cool gallery to kind of uh, be able to to um, show her stuff as an artist. And, you know, the, the book opens with a bit of a, um, a bit of... A, you know the eagerness in her eyes as she's showing her work to some uh, curators and uh, and sort of their snobbishness and 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 the scene is set immediately for what um, the book d- depicts, which is kind of a, an art world that um, you know is both uh, Siobhan's dream and the subject of a little bit of ridicule um, in terms of the pretensions of that art world. Uh, you know, a, 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 an idea that has certainly been done. In fact, I feel like the art world is more often the subject of, um, <laughs> of ridicule, sometimes self-ridicule, than um, anybody taking itself or themselves that seriously. But um, Siobhan is trying to break into that art world, and her um, brother Chris, who is the character who is from I Am Fire, um, sort of gets sent to live with her <laughs> by by her parents as they go off on vacation, and, and they're a little bit um, at a loss of what to do with him. So like any great parents, they send him to live with his 20-something older sister in East London um, in her apartment. And, uh, and you know, his sort of main outlet of his uh, teenage, um, uh, you know, emotional uh, uh, wreckage is, is uh, he, he's, a, he's a bit of a pyromaniac. And so um, the, the story goes that um, as she tries to break into the art world, as through a friend uh, who, who runs a bar, she meets a, a curator of a, of a hip um, gallery, um, 
named Madison. Uh, as as Madison comes to check out her work, um, her brother has set fire to a good deal of it. And it's actually the work with the fire burned through it that Madison comes to regard as brilliant. And not just Madison, but the sort of art world, the local art scene as... Um, Chauvin picks up a lot of traction, but of course it's all a bit of a lie because it's her work with um, huge uh, chunks of ash <laughs> caused by her brother, who she now employs to um, to to do his thing on her work. Um, in the end, um, you know, it, it's again poking a little bit of fun at the the art world and its um, its highfalutinness, um, but you know. It it ends as many of uh, Rachel Smith's comics end with you know a good amount of um, yeah of happiness uh, of charm um, and I think it's yeah I th one thing I appreciate about Miss Smith's comics is that they are not afraid to be sunny um, and positive um, they don't feel the need to be cynical and um, things good things happen to Shoban and good things happen to Chris in the long run. And there's some learning and there's an arc and, and there's you know, progress and growth. And that's not something that we should shy from just because we are um, too cynical and postmodern for it. And so um, I, I love the comic because I think there is some um, really good uh, earnestness is what I would say in, 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 the, in the book in the story. Um, the art is really appealing. Uh, Smith just um, has a, um, and it's a bit more on the cartoony side. It um, reminds me a little bit of, um, well, I don't know, the book overall in terms of its setting and in terms of its characters and mood and the, the dialogue is sort of reminds me a little bit of Seconds, uh, the Brian Lee O'Malley book. Um, maybe a big part of that is actually the color. And although I'd say that um, Smith uh, resides a little bit more in the in um, yeah I'm pretty, pretty terrible with color I'm not a, a trained artist but I think that um, it seems like O'Malley is a little bit more uh, mm, how, how do you say it when everything is sort of a certain hue um, in in a set of pages whereas um, I think it it seems like um, the, the palettes are similar, but Smith is actually mixing them all, all at once more often. Um, but but it's it's pleasing to the eye. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool colors. It's uh yeah. So it's really um, easy to look at, and there's a, definitely a knack for appeal in there. The characterizations are well drawn and 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 believably drawn. Um, and at 88 pages, you know, it's not a. I would say it's not a like a weighty story. Um, it, it's funny, I think like the sculptor, if you've read that, Scott McCloud's book that came out last year from First Second, seemed to be wanting to um, tear down many, similarly to tear down many of the pretensions of the art world. And yet um, in doing so was sort of uh, tripped on some of pr some pretensions of its own. I, I liked the sculptor um, and I love Scott McCloud, but I did feel that work was a little bit... Um, maybe trying to carry too much water um, and, and, and buckled under its own um, ironic contradiction. <laughs> and, uh, and this doesn't, uh, 88 pages of pretty light and therefore, you know, not, not heavy handed, a um, uh, little bit of um, satirizing of, of 
art and what is art and how does it relate to, to people. Um, and I think the bottom line is the, the book is really about a, a young woman who is trying to figure herself out um, and her brother who is also trying to figure himself out and trying to figure themselves out in an environment where, you know, there's so much writing on how you present yourself um, and the pressure that there is to present yourself and to perform in a certain way. And, you know, there's a certain bit of, you know, laughing at ourselves for how many, for the, the pressures, the pressures being that uh, maybe uh, daddy will um, withdraw the trust fund or whatever, um, <laughs> withdraw the, the free uh, allowance for, for your East London rent. Um, but I think that um, there's something very genuine about the book and something very genuine about um, Shoban that um, in spite of how you may, you know, uh, d d you know, you may think of her actions as <laughs> as re regrettable or, or self-centered. Um, she has a basic kindness and, and earnestness that are just hard to resist. Um, she's likable. And you root for her. And, um, you know, one of the things I think that the book um, does and doesn't say, um, and this is, I think, where it became really interesting to me, is where art comes from and what it means to for art to supposedly be an act and work of authentic self-expression. Um, I, I, I guess I'm um, sometimes troubled by the idea of self-expression, not because I don't think it's important, not because I have no sense of individual um, or, or, um, or the need for us to um, put words or art into... Um, uh, uh, put art to 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 the things that we think and feel but because sometimes I think that we have it glamorized and and sort of um, hyper you know um, hyper enhanced uh, notion of the self <laughs> you know that we, we we want so much for something very unique about ourselves to be said and you know maybe so much of art is also about um, originality, um, even originality, if it is mocking or uh, making a show of of its dependence or of its um, bourgeois appeal or whatever, whatever it may be. I I think um, ultimately, you know, there's so much about the not just the art world and the literary world, but the academic world and and any place where a certain kind of um, cultural elite exists that um, there's such a premium on the distinction that you are yourself and you are somehow unique. And that's not a terrible thing in itself. And I um, am a solo person on a microphone chatting my head off every day. So, <laughs> so there's a certain hypocrisy if I don't appreciate the value in that. But I guess I'm always of the mind and, you know, you can point to the Julia Kristeva in me, but I'm always of the mind that we are none of us original texts in and of ourselves, that we are all sort of products, um, products who are unique and original and some remix, some unique recombination of something, but, but we're all products of our, of our surroundings, of our environments, of our communities. Um, and that it's actually, that's actually vital to who we are. That um, I, as much as I want to escape the fact of being the son of my father, I am his fa his son, and he is my father. And so many of the things that are my voice, um, even things that people may applaud me for, or things that 
people may say that seems and sounds utterly original uh, are in fact um, some trace of my father or my teacher or my my mother or my wife or my my daughter um, or um, the people that <laughs> the podcasts the the million and one podcasts that I listen to about comics or politics or art or or um, or sports or whatever you know we we are every one of our voices are um, some conjuring of of other voices and um, what I actually really love about this setup of the story is that Rachel is you know draws a lot of stuff that very early in the book uh, she describes coming from uh, really wanting to capture uh, okay the, it's kind of the second page you know these sort of artsy looking folks a dude with a beret and a uh, obnoxious mustache is <laughs> looking at her work and saying so flowers and stuff like that and she says uh yes i suppose flowers are part of that and then he he says it's very literal and then uh <laughs> you know there's all this stuff and uh it, it, the the sort of sort of flowers that she paints and you kind of see these glimpses of her painting um in the comic um are yeah they seem to be a very authentic expression of herself but other people aren't seeing the brilliance um but really it's when her younger brother with all his his teenage ang angst sets fire <laughs> sets fire really strategically you know sort of lets his emotional um fury out on on his sister's um, paintings that suddenly they take on a new life and uh, I thought this was just really well chosen. There's a Wallace Stevens quote that um, is the, uh, is the uh, whatever, the, the, um, uh, blank, the, the little uh, pre preamble. <laughs> it's not the word I'm looking for. Not the postscript. But anyway, um, at the beginning of the book, um, Stevens quoted saying, death is the mother of beauty. Only the perishable can be beautiful, which is why we are unmoved by artificial flowers obviously from which we get the title, Artificial Flowers. Um, we're unmoved by artificial flowers. There has to be a sense that there is um, beauty and it's fleeting in some sense. It's perishable. It's um, able to be lost. And um, Chauvin's art is trying to, uh, as, as her life is very much trying to um, present a, uh, you know, a, a sort of composed picture of herself and the kind of out-of-control uh, uh, affect that her brother brings in sort of, you know, his flames, <laughs> his burns, his, um, his, his gaping holes in the canvas. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of a joke, but it's also, um, I could see it. You know, I, I, I feel like the, the kind of pretty art with the burned hole in the middle is, <laughs> is um, a lot of what I feel is, you know, there's this tremendous effort to um, capture and present some essence of myself, and then there's this desire to just set, burn it to the ground because I I'm utterly um, incapable of of doing the job of uh, of being uh, right of performing as wanted and demanded, and so the combination the the fact that this art that becomes appealing and yeah it's a lot of the emperor's new clothes here but um the fact that this art is so appealing to so many people um i i feel like part of the statement is that um 
you know, Shoban is in her 20s. And, and as a completion of her individuation, she's moved away and she's trying to make a name for herself. And, and she's not painting her mom and dad uh, or I don't know if it's a stepmom or her birth mom, whatever. You know, she's not painting pictures of her brother. Um, more she's actually trying to, to, to get away from them uh, to some extent um, while still depending on their largesse. Um, but but the, the art that winds up selling is the stuff that is in, a, in some ways an acknowledgement of who she truly is, uh, authentically is, which is indivisible from um, who she is in, you know, coping with trying to deal with fleeing from <laughs> her, her family and her roots. Um, that is authentically her. And the authentic her is not an individual. It is, it is an individual, but it's not just an individual. It's one who is, that is sometimes scalded, you know, by the presence of who she came from. And I think that that's why the work that she winds up showing becomes authentic. Um, and then having had an opportunity later to continue to depend on that um, community, I think, I'm not going to give away the ending here, but you know, she still winds up trying to um, create an authentic sense of self, but it's one that is changed by the experience. And, and that's where, again, I say that Smith has a, an arc for her characters and is not afraid to have a, you know, a character grow. Uh, and that's, that's uh, brave and good in these times, I think. But, um, but I, I really think that the, the notion of art and expression being not, um, I don't know, maybe it just us not being feverishly, in pursuit of some um, rare individuality in how we express ourselves, but instead just being able to acknowledge with a little bit of humility and grace and gratitude um, that uh, who we are is is sort of burned into into um, into being by who we are around and who we depend upon and, and who depends upon us. Um, that to me is fuller art. That to me is richer. And, uh, and that's why I think, even though I'm just one lone person on a, on a um, microphone and I feel like I find out about a new comics podcast every day and every day that I find out about it, I think, how did those three have time to just get together uh, every week to talk about comic books? And, man, that would be so much fun. Um, <laughs> I, I should give props. It's not that I've never had the chance to read uh, with others um, simply that just hard with my daily schedule to um, make the time to be available it's more that I've let others down than others have let me down but um, I, I guess I'm saying that whenever I'm here even though I'm here as an individual the 13 of you or whatever who subscribe and listen to this podcast are in some sense um, in my head as a dialogue as dialogue partners and then all those who I talk about talk to uh, whether it's at, as a graduate student at Cal or high school teenagers um, you know the diverse uh, urban youth that I have taught in schools and still get the chance to interact with or people from my uh, family or church or 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 whatever my friends uh, they are always voices in my head and this thing that I do here at, on a microphone is not an individual thing um, it is for me my own you know reappropriation um, <laughs> Uh, my own spin on things that I've heard from elsewhere and I'm I'm forever indebted and just as all of us are forever indebted to to others around us and to those who came prior um, that is to me real expression it's um, it's a sense of individual and self that is um, that is beholden to others 
Um, so, yeah, I think artificial flowers uh, do not <laughs> move us the way that uh, flowers that might die at any minute uh, move us. Um, but I think it's also the notion that um, flowers that die die to give birth to other flowers. And, um, and they came for an instant and they came from another flower and, uh, and we populate the lilies of the field, I guess. That to me is, is beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, Rachel Smith is a, um, emerging voice and I think she will, she has and <laughs> will continue to get, um, all kinds of recognition and all kinds of good work. And I'm going to be watching out for her and encourage you to, too. Um, so yeah, so this has been the Smaller Press uh, Saturday. Uh, I'm talking about Artificial Flowers by Rachel Smith from Avery Hill. Tomorrow is the Sunday Super Friend, and we're going to talk about a DC comic. And then Monday we have our Monday Marvel. But I'm going to do something different for the next few days, which is to um, take, still to, re you know, retain the schedule, but to use it as a way to focus on a particular artist, uh, namely uh, the art of Sonny Liu, um, Singapore's greatest comics artist. Um, Sonny Liu um, is currently drawing Dr. Fate, and so tomorrow I'm going to talk about Dr. Fate number 15, which just came out this week with art by Sonny Liu, even though it says on the cover, art by Ibrahim Mustafa. Uh, by the way, shout out to Ibrahim Mustafa, who has a new comic on the Stella app um, called J uh, Jager. I think you should check that out. It's only one. If you're not on the Stella app, uh, take a look. Maybe uh, maybe they still have sample subscriptions that you could try. But um, that looks intriguing. And then, um, so tomorrow I'm going to talk about Dr. Fate. On Monday, for the Monday Marvel, I'm going to talk about um, the adaptation of Sense and Sensibility that Sunny Lou illustrated from a few years back. And then on Tuesday, the trade paperback, we'll talk about The Shadow Hero, written by Gene Yang and, and drawn by Sunny Lou. And then on Wednesday, we'll talk about, uh, on the wide world of comics, we'll talk about the art of Charlie Chan and Hak Chai. That'll be sort of our, um, a bit of a culmination. And, um, I may also talk about Liquid City, which is a series of anthologies from, uh, from Image that, Lou was part of. Um, but uh, Sonny Lou, I think, is a pretty significant uh, creator and um, doing some really important work, I think. And I'm excited to talk about his art. So that's for the next few days to come. Um, anyway, thank you very much for joining. Um, feedback would be lovely. Um, as I said, I thrive on dialogue. Uh, without your your um, commentary back, I am just an artificial flower. So um, you can find me at 2ply on Twitter um, or tuply at gmail.com and uh, hope you will keep reading with me and uh, let's, let's continue to uh, open our eyes and our minds to what comics give us. All right, thanks.